Welcome to the Anything Glows podcast. I'm your host, Brittany, a Virgo manifesting generator, yoga teacher, and illustrator currently living near Joshua Tree, California. I'm also the founder of Sage Glow Studio, where I help women develop intuition-led wellness through movement, meditation, breathwork, and cycle syncing. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how to live a life that feels nourished, embodied, expansive, and rooted in your feminine nature. But we'll also address the juicy big picture questions like what is the purpose of wellness? Thanks for joining me on this journey. Now let's dive in. You guys really liked episode two, which was why meditate when everything falls apart. And it sparked some good discussion on Instagram. So if you're not following Sage Glow Studio, go ahead and do that because we have some nice little chats over there. Now, a few people told me that they don't meditate because they can't turn off their brain and swirling thoughts. This is probably the most common roadblock that I hear for starting a meditation practice, but it might not be accurate. Going off of that, in today's episode, we'll address eight common assumptions or misconceptions about yoga and then go ahead and debunk them. Let's start with that meditation one. Assumption number one, meditation means clearing your mind of all thoughts. Not necessarily true. The human mind was created to think and analyze even during sleep. Going into meditation expecting that you'll be turning off the thoughts like a light switch is only going to set you up for disappointment and make you feel like you're not doing it right. Meditation is actually more about cultivating focus and being as present in the moment as possible. So instead of getting frustrated when thoughts become too intrusive and distracting, use them strategically as opportunities to exercise letting go of attachment and coming back into the moment. I like to visualize my thoughts as clouds. Some are cute and fluffy and some are dark and scary, but all clouds can move. So when a particular thought becomes too much, just imagine it like a cloud. You can't grip onto it tightly. It's not attached to you and it can simply float away. It's not gone forever, it just doesn't need to be in your immediate line of sight. And as you practice this exercise during meditation, you'll find that it becomes easier and easier to recognize when your thoughts are spiraling both during meditation and during the rest of your day. And another tip for you is to do a more externally focused meditation when you feel like you're too in your own head. So instead of closing your eyes and focusing on the breath or other inner sensations, let your gaze softly land on like a sunset, moon, a beautiful view, even a flickering candle. Bring your awareness to what you're seeing and really concentrate on it. This will bring more balance to your emotional state, which is what we want to accomplish with meditation. And if you want to try this out, I actually have a free four-minute meditation that you can get when you sign up for my newsletter. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested. And speaking of timing, assumption number two is meditation requires a lot of time. If I had never meditated before and someone told me I needed to sit in silence focusing on my breath for 30 minutes, I wouldn't do it. That just seems unreasonable if you're not a monk living in solitude on a mountaintop somewhere. Now, if you can meditate for 30, 40, 60 minutes, that's amazing. But if that's not accessible, let go of that expectation. 
you can feel the immediate effects of meditation in as little as one minute. Seriously, 60 seconds of being so present in your mind and body can calm you before going to bed or giving a presentation or having a difficult interaction. Start there, then after a few days, try three minutes, then five minutes. Let your practice evolve naturally without an attachment to strict time commitment, but with a goal of simply feeling more balanced. Assumption number three, yoga isn't a good workout. It's only for relaxing. If you listened to the first episode of this podcast, you'll remember that I initially got interested in yoga purely as a form of exercise. For years, I was obsessed with just the physical benefits of weight loss and toning. It wasn't a healthy focus, but I experienced firsthand how effective yoga could be in that regard. What people may not realize is there are different types and styles of yoga. Vinyasa is a little more fast-paced as you link breath with movement. It has a cardio feel. Hatha is more slow and fiery as you hold poses for a longer time and focus on strength building, kind of like bar, or Pilates, or weight training. Then you have something like Bikram, where you're in a heated room with an emphasis on flexibility. And of course, for relaxation, there's restorative yoga, which is nice and calm, holding juicy stretches for a long time, or yoga nidra, which is a very blissed out meditative type of yoga. Basically, whatever type of movement your body and mind are craving on a given day, there's a style of yoga for that. And as a quick side note here, as a recovered cardio junkie who only worked out from a place of masculine energy, movement doesn't need to be all-out sweaty torture that leaves you feeling sore for days to be good for you. There's a time and place for that with cycle syncing your workouts, which we will definitely be getting into in later episodes. But for now, ruminate on the idea that moving from a place of feminine energy is very nourishing. Okay, assumption number four, pranayama is for experienced yogis only. Pranayama or breathwork is such a powerful tool, but I feel like a lot of people are intimidated to try it. Perhaps it's because it's thought of as being complicated or that you only need it if you're training to hold your breath for a long time. But just like meditation, pranayama doesn't need to be difficult, and it can certainly be done by newbies, experienced practitioners, and everyone in between. In fact, you've probably practiced pranayama. If you've ever been to a yoga class and the teacher cues you to breathe deeply in and out of your nose with a slight constriction in the back of your throat to create that soft ocean sound, that's pranayama. It's called ujjayi, or victorious breath, and one of the most commonly cued breath practices. Another great gateway pranayama is samavriti, or equal breathing. This one is so good because it brings harmony to the body and mind and can be modified for literally any level. It's simply breathing through the nose, equal counts inhale and exhale. Beginners, try inhaling for a count of three and exhaling for a count of three. Stick with that or try increasing to four and four and then five and five and so on. And again, just because this is a simple cadence, it doesn't mean it's not effective. Give it a try and you'll see what I mean. Assumption number five, yoga is only for people with flexibility and good balance. Oh, this is a good one. I don't think there's any yoga teacher that hasn't heard this assumption or shall we call it an excuse. 
I think yoga is often depicted in pop culture and social media as this extreme practice, and that's the idea that people have in their heads. But in reality, yoga has layers, props, and countless modifications to make it accessible. During my teacher training, I was able to assist a few specialty classes that really opened my eyes to the endless variations of a pose for truly any body. Practitioners included someone recovering from a serious stroke, someone recovering from a traumatic back injury, and a group of young men with various special needs, including those who were in wheelchairs. Mobility was limited with these individuals, but they were able to move however their bodies allowed them to, even if it was a micro-movement or simply feeling what the intention of moving in a certain way would be like. They were able to relax in an environment that was full of love and peace and healing and absorb that energy, which brings us to assumption number six. I need to be good at yoga to do it. In case no one has told you, there's no such thing as being good at yoga. That's your ego trying to convince you that this is a competitive sport. There's no finish line, and that's why it's called a practice. You're constantly learning and unlearning, maybe finding more ease and depth in a pose, maybe not. If you do yoga and afterwards you feel even 1% more grounded, more at ease, more mobile, less achy or stressed, then guess what? You're good at yoga. But if you're still thinking, I can't do these poses how I see other people doing them, like a handstand or wrap my legs around my neck, you might not be realizing that there's so much more to yoga. Assumption number seven, yoga is only a physical practice. When you hear the word yoga, you might just think of someone doing the physical postures, but the asanas or poses are just one of the practices under the yoga umbrella. Technically, meditation and pranayama fall under the term yoga. Other elements include things like nutrition, cleansing, self-reflection, and ethical behavior. These yoga practices are all about holistic living beyond just the physical movement, which brings us to our last assumption. Yoga is a spiritual practice. Okay, this one was a trick because it actually is. I know, you were probably expecting some politically correct response like, although it has roots in spirituality, yoga is a secular practice. But honestly, that would be a watered-down version of yoga. Now, I don't claim to be any type of expert on the history and all of the ancient writings. I'm just as much on this learning journey as you are. However, as a half-Indian yoga teacher, I can't ignore its history and initial purpose. Because from these ancient texts that were written literally thousands of years ago, we learned that yoga was meant to bring balance to your body, mind, and soul for the purpose of finding union and connection between yourself and the collective, between yourself and the divine. Yoga acknowledges that we are spiritual beings and our journey in life is to learn and grow and discover more truth. As we talked about in the last episode, yogic practices like the physical poses, meditation, and breath work are tools to serve a greater purpose than simply looking good or acting as a band-aid. Yoga will ask you to go a little deeper. While you might first get into it for the movement like I did, which is great, don't be afraid to let yoga slowly seep into your whole spiritual experience. Let it help you cultivate peace and compassion. 
let it address and heal trauma. Let it deepen your intuition, increase your consciousness, and let it guide you into a more meaningful relationship with God, yourself, and others. I promise you won't regret it. Thanks for listening to the Anything Glows podcast. Let's keep the conversation going on social at the Anything Glows podcast and Sage Glow Studio. If today's episode served you, please share it with a friend and give the show a review. Your support, downloads, subscriptions, and feedback mean the world to me. Take care of your mind, body, and soul, and I will see you next time.